There's potential here for over 50 billion in additional GDP in terms of economic benefits and thousands and thousands of jobs potentially out there from, from the transition. And it's, it is a real opportunity for Australia to take advantage of. Hello and welcome back. I'm Jack Bannister, Marks and Alexander's Head of Content. It's safe to say we're powering towards the end of our hydrogen mini-series. And we've heard so far from business and industry leaders, as well as the clean energy regulator. Today, we're gonna to get a perspective from inside the Department of Industry, Science, Energy and Resources, and another from the CSIRO. Our first guest, Patrick Hartley, is the leader of the CSIRO's hydrogen industry mission. And our second guest, James Hetherington, heads up the department's hydrogen strategy team. Patrick and James joined us to discuss what their respective organisations are doing to turn Australia into a hydrogen superpower and whether the hydrogen future really will be as good as promised. A big thanks to the Australian Hydrogen Forum for making this series possible. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. And for now, here's Patrick. My name is Patrick Hartley and I lead the CSIRO's Hydrogen Industry Mission. Everyone obviously across Australia knows CSIRO, but what is your involvement within the burgeoning hydrogen industry? So we established our CSIRO Hydrogen Industry Mission uh, and launched it last year uh, in May 2021. And really the, the, the purpose of the mission is to try and uh, bring together CSRO research to focus a, a good piece of our research effort and those of our partners on enabling the creation of the Australia, Australia's hydrogen industry. And can you tell us a little bit about any sort of collaboration that you're doing with industry at this point on hydrogen? Yeah, so we have a lot of industry collaborations. I think we have around about 80 projects in CSRO at the moment. Some of those are purely CSRO strategic investment projects, uh, but many of them are actually partnered with, uh, with companies that are looking at many, many different aspects of the hydrogen industry story from developing new electrolysis systems, which we're spinning out as startup companies, uh, right through to de-risking major processes, working with steel companies, for instance, to look at how they can integrate hydrogen into big industry applications and a whole range of new technology developments in the pipeline too. So lots happening. There's been a lot of discussion over the two days of the Australian Hydrogen Forum about this industry and, and what needs to happen to help it scale up and, and grow. What, what have been the key themes that have stood out to you? I think it's been fascinating, actually. I've really enjoyed the conference because it's uh, we, we're now in a phase, particularly post-COVID, where the projects are starting to get built and established. And so people are really starting to learn uh, what some of the challenges and obstacles are by learning by doing, which is such an important part of this industry. The industry is in a demonstration project phase and the reason that's happening is because of course people do have to generate that understanding before they can make the big commercial investments so I think for me the reflections on the projects what people have you know the challenges they've encountered uh, and sharing those has been a re really interesting part of the conference I said during my presentation come from the world of science and one of the sayings in the world of science is that the more you learn the less you know that's because the more learning you do the more you uncover new challenges new opportunities and I think it's exactly what's happening in the industry right now we're at the beginning of the building of the hydrogen industry in Australia. Where to next? What's the next 10 years look like? The next 10 years, it's all about deployment and scale up. And so we're starting now to see the scale up in, for instance, electrolysis. Electrolysis, of course, is one of the main ways of making hydrogen. You're starting to see the, the, the equipment scale up. The bills are now being funded through agencies like ARENA uh, in collaboration with industry. So you're going to see the deployment of more technology and not just on the production side. You're going to start seeing many more hydrogen vehicles. Uh, and you're going to start seeing uh, hydrogen vehicle infrastructure like refueling stations popping up. So there was an announcement today in the paper about a, about a refuel, hydrogen refueling corridor uh, funding that's going to be available for the east coast of Australia. So these are really exciting developments. So it's going to be an interesting next, next year or two. I think things have gone 
very, very fast already. I mean, I, I first really got in, engaged in this, this idea of creating a hydrogen industry uh, in around about 2017. And it's amazing to, to see how far we've come since then, really, in terms of the projects that are all on the ground now. All very exciting, like hearing a lot of the projects over the course of this conference and also the state ministers seem to be backing it in in a number of different ways. Is there anything that concerns you that you think might be a blocker to this progressing? There's always disagreements about how these things should be done. And I think, I guess one of the real concerns is that we, we end up fragmenting and, and, and you know, we, we don't all keep the, the clear picture of what the future looks like in mind. And, and that's, that's happened in other, in other energy industries in Australia. In fact, you know, people have you know, gone their own ways and you haven't had that sort of industry cohesion. So I think the cohesion and the collaboration in the industry is going to be critical because it's it's a long journey, uh, you know, to get this to scale and to get get it really commercial. You're talking a decade or more. So you know, we really have to keep our eye on the future and, and a laser focus on what needs to be done to get there. So uh, so the the risk is yeah, just the people, you know, drift apart. What would you say that the role of industry is in creating a social license uh, to develop these projects and to roll it out throughout the market? Anybody who works in any form of energy projects, you know, has social license more and more front of mind uh, earlier and earlier in their project development. In some ways, social license to me is not a great term because it applies. You know, it's almost like you just have something you have to get ticked off. It's actually about engagement and, and bringing people on the journey with you, uh, helping people understand what the opportunities are. It's not just a sort of tick and flick exercise. It's really a long process. And I think com all, all companies now realize that they have to be engaging uh, with the communities in the areas which they're trying to get these projects up to explain how the technologies work, that it's going to be safe, it's going to be environmentally acceptable, etc. So yeah, it's, it's a huge part of the story. People know CSIRO quite well and your reputation is, is well respected and well trusted across uh, Australia as one of the leading science bodies. Do you think therefore that there's a role for CSIRO to play in, in helping build that awareness or social licence among the broader public? Absolutely, so so the mission that I lead, you know, one of the, the very first pillars of the mission that we developed and thought about was a hydrogen knowledge centre. So we, we're establishing online resources, educational resources that hopefully people can go to to understand what's actually happening. That's a really big part of what we're trying to do. And so it's not just about the R&D, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to play the role of the, the trusted communicator, the trusted advisor in this, in this industry as well. So trying to tell the story effectively is, is a big part of what we're trying to do. And are, are there any high priority areas for CSIRO going forward? Like what's next in the hydrogen journey for CSIRO? Yeah, I think, I think you know, we've, we've, we've been doing a lot of work and I talked about some of it in my presentation uh, on, on trying to understand what the research and development priorities are. Uh, both here and overseas. So we're trying to learn from overseas. We're, we're connecting overseas with, with, with our government support. We're actually engaging uh, with overseas research agencies uh, to, look at, to, to look at where we should focus our efforts. And, and one area in particular that seems to be coming to the front of the mind for us is getting the hydrogen production technology is, is happening. That's Everyone kind of understands that. But actually, the, the critical role that hydrogen storage plays uh, in, in the value chain because the hydrogen storage becomes the actual buffer between the production and the demand in whatever 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 application you're using hydrogen. So uh, the storage at large scale in particular of hydrogen is, is still, you know, there's still quite a long way to go, I think, to get to, to, to explore new technologies, new approaches for doing that. For instance, you know, looking at subsurface resources for, uh, for storing hydrogen, uh, much as we do our natural gas already, uh, but extending that sort of technology to, uh, to hydrogen is, is, is something we're, we're investigating. It's a wonderful way to finish, I think. My name's uh, James Hetherington and I uh, am the lead.
lead of the hydrogen strategy team here in the Department of Industry, Science, Energy and Resources. And um, we're responsible for um, supporting the Australian government on uh, its, its policy views around hydrogen, as well as um, looking after implementation of Australia's national hydrogen strategy. One of the things that's come through at the Australian Hydrogen Forum is everyone's talking about hydrogen and most people in different industries are really excited about the possibilities. Why do you think there's such a great opportunity in hydrogen? What's the economic benefit for Australia of capitalising on hydrogen? We see really good opportunity for um, hydrogen and some of its derivative products such as clean ammonia to help address global climate challenges while also creating um, jobs and economic growth for Australia. That opportunity has spurred the development of Australia's national hydrogen strategy. And through that, we're sort of setting a vision for an innovative, safe and competitive industry in which Australia is a major uh, player by 2030. In terms of why hydrogen for Australia, um, we've got a mix of all of the key ingredients that are needed to be that major global player. We've got abundant land and energy uh, you know, that can enable some low-cost renewable energy generation. We've also got extensive fossil energy reserves and stable carbon capture and storage sites that are needed for um, fossil-based clean hydrogen production. We're really seeing an opportunity for hydrogen to be that clean molecule that can accompany clean electricity on uh, as, as the globe decarbonises. It's hugely versatile. It's got a whole heap of different uses. Um, and so, you, you know, it can be blended with natural gas in our gas networks. It can be used through a fuel cell to power transport, and it can also be a chemical feedstock. And we can see clean hydrogen replacing uh, existing hydrogen, traditional uses for things like ammonia production and explosives and chemicals. And most importantly, it can really enable clean energy trade. And so we can take our renewables um, and we can convert them into hydrogen or convert them uh, the hydrogen then into things like ammonia and we can use uh, ship that all over the planet and that'll enable our clean hydrogen to go global. And you mentioned there that Australia has a number of you know key ingredients that put us in a good position to capitalize on the growth of renewable hydrogen and that emissions reductions challenge. So for the department, what's front of mind to make sure that, I don't want to say we beat the competitors, but make sure we're at the front of the queue. I know one of the main things that came out at, you know, the Hydrogen Forum last week was that there's a lot of countries, particularly, you know, across Asia and the Middle East, that are actually well positioned to become a hydrogen superpower. So what's kind of front of mind for the department to make sure we're at the front of the pack? We're really taking a, a whole bunch of actions through our national hydrogen strategy. And so I should point out that that national strategy means that all Australian governments are behind this. Through that, we've got a whole set of actions that we're undertaking to really try and accelerate the industry and sort of drive scale. And so the approach that's set out in that strategy is adaptive and, and it kind of occurred, roughly occurs, you know, in two phases over this decade. So the first phase is really around setting the foundations for the industry to grow. And so doing a lot of activity that um, can kind of set the market. And so that's things like supporting pilots, trials and demonstrations, doing some work to look at regulatory barriers and how we can kind of um, you know, take those out of the way where we're appropriate, looking at our infrastructure needs, looking at things like workforce skills and training um, and how we can build a hydrogen ready workforce and, and working very much on 
what we call a guarantee of origin certification system. And so a lot of that is being able to really validate and track when for buyers, when they're buying clean hydrogen, that it really is clean. We're also doing things like working with our community to truly build confidence and trust around hydrogen. And we're also um, working a lot with a, a lot of our international partners and really a lot of that activity is really about international markets um, and, and build on some of those trusted relationships that we have with energy importers, as well as um, trying to shape some of the global rules around trade, you know, to sort of support the market growth. Yeah, we, we're doing a lot in that first phase. And then really as time goes on and we're sort of expecting to see it in the second half of the decade, we're really going to look at um, how we can kind of foster the scale up of the um, industry in line with kind of international markets as they come. And so at that time, we'll really sort of shift the dial a little bit to really trying to drive that scale up approach. The strategy that we've got is adaptive. And so we're, we're really looking through things like these annual state of hydrogen reports that um, are coming out around where we sit in relation to our competitors, we'll be working with our state and territory colleagues to continue to refine our strategy and approach to make sure that we're keeping up with the pack, if not at the front. One of the things that Joe, the Deputy Secretary of the Department, mentioned in her speech at the conference was the quad and the way that Australia is leveraging different international partners. I wondered if that was something you could expand on in terms of what that is and, and the quad specifically is teaching us about the hydrogen industry. The Quad collaboration is a somewhat new thing. The Quad is um, a collaboration between Japan, the US, Australia and ourselves. And really, uh, I, I think through that, we're kind of looking at the ability across the Indo-Pacific region for opportunities for clean hydrogen supply chains and, and really starting to think a bit around how can we enable um, all of our Indo-Pacific partners to be a part of what will be a new um, emerging industry and, and the opportunities that might be there. And one of the other key themes that emerged out of the conference was this idea of trying to get hydrogen pricing down to $2 per kilo. I wondered if you could lay out for me in kind of the, the simplest terms why the, that's such a critical goal the industry. Yeah. So Australia has an approach through its low emissions technology statements under its technology investment roadmap where we're really set a series of priority cost and economic goals for various priority technologies. And for hydrogen, that goal is H2 under two or hydrogen production at or under $2 a kilo. And really we, we see that as a key um, marker of where hydrogen will start to be competitive against existing um, income uses um, for clean hydrogen, I should say. Um, and so if you think it's around that point that it could start to displace diesel in, in, in transport or it could be used in a whole range of different applications, but that's the point where it starts to become competitive in its own right against those fuels. And so it's quite important to um, really unlocking demand. I mean, at the moment, there's a bit of a clean premium, if you like, um, for for using the clean technology as opposed to some of these existing fuels. And so, you know, that that point is really where that clean premium is comparable. Are there any other major challenges to kind of getting to that $2 mark? What do you see as the major barriers that might stop us getting there? A key enabler there is actually building demand. It's, it's really only when you can get demand that you can get economies of scale. And it's some of those economies of scale that are really going to be key driving on the costs. 
And that's kind of occurring at the moment through two, two major initiatives we've got. Like, so one is kind of fostering domestic demand through um, our hydrogen hubs program. You may have seen we've got $464 million um, funding initiative to try and really foster these hubs. And what they do, hubs essentially, you know, co-located hydrogen producers, users and exporters. And by co-locating them, you can kind of, you know, focus some of the supply chain activity around it, which lowers infrastructure costs. And, um, and it can also focus the innovation and the workforce skills as the kind of key enabler. And that's one path. And then the other path is really, as I mentioned earlier, building on some of those, interna- you know, building those international relationships and international markets. And so over the last year, we've, we've worked on forming low emissions technology partnerships with a whole range of different countries. Um, so we've got them with Japan, with Germany, with Singapore, with the United Kingdom, with the Republic of Korea and India. And some of those parties that I've just mentioned are going to be key importer, you know, major importers of, of hydrogen over time. And so a big part of it is trying to foster the relationship on hydrogen and work together with them to build out the supply chains. A number of different angles, but all really focused on trying to, you know, unlock hydrogen through getting costs down and building demand. And so one of the things that's been released recently was the, the state of H2 report. Did that identify any, you know, major challenges that we should be aware of that we haven't already discussed? I think it really did highlight that the world is moving very quickly on hydrogen. While we're keeping up at the moment, we're really going to have to keep um, our ambition high if we want to sort of stay in that leading pack. We've seen through that report and through other reports that Australia is really acting and moving very quickly in the space. We recently put out our major uh, energy and resources projects report um, in December, and it really showed that the pipeline of clean hydrogen, clean ammonia and CCS projects in Australia is over 185 billion. This is, you know, nearly a third of of that project pipeline um, for major projects and is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest of such pipelines in the world. So we're really well set to see that growth happen. Things that Joe mentioned with some of the dollar figures there are somewhat eye-watering. She mentioned in her speech at the conference that obviously this is an energy transition that we want to include First Nations Australians in. I wondered if you could speak a little bit to uh, the steps that are being taken at a departmental level to make that happen and to facilitate that. I'm glad you you mentioned that and I probably should acknowledge the traditional owners of the uh, land I'm on, which is the Ngunnawal people and pay their respects to First Nations people. But moreover, um, I think there's really good opportunity for economic benefits and for um, you know employment benefits for Indigenous peoples um, from the transition that's about to happen. A lot of where the hydrogen um, projects are located uh, is, is out in our regions, places that can be quite close to Indigenous lands and and the like, and and we can really see a good synergy in in if this is done well in, um, you know, creating those economic jobs and benefits for Indigenous peoples. There are some examples already where that's occurring. So if you look at, say, the Asian Renewable Energy Hub up in the Pilbara, that's one of Australia's largest hydrogen, proposed hydrogen projects. And they have the Nyangumata people, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, as one of their project partners. And and the land that, that 
that that project is on is exclusive native title. And that project is expecting to employ over 20,000 people in in construction with 3,000 staff for over its longer life. And if you just take that as one example, there's, there's bound to be employment and economic benefits um, for those people, uh, as well as revenues from the project itself flowing through. I guess to do that well, though, um, over time, we're going to need to make sure that we're um, protecting the rights of Indigenous people in the way that the industry grows. And um, I think we'll be really mindful of this in in the way that we you know engage with the community educate people and, and and act to ensure responsible industry development thanks for listening and thank you to patrick and chris for their time this series wouldn't be possible without our partner the australian hydrogen forum look out for our next episode with chris dolman from boc where we cover among other things the potential for hydrogen to shake things up in space and the importance of a social license for the industry see you soon